Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Lee Cantor here with Roz Lewis, another episode of GWBC Radio. Welcome, Roz. Thank you, Lee. It's so good to see you. Every month, this is the highlight of my month, coming in here to see who the amazing women that you bring in the studio. We always try to bring fantastic guests for your listening audience. I know, and no exception this month. And definitely no exception this month. So who do you who do you got today? Well, today we have as a special guest T. Renee Smith. She's the president of iSuccess and the author of The CEO Life, her latest book, and Dr. Wanda Magwood Ware. She's a regional coordinator for Georgia North of AFLAC. So this month, you know, we have a couple of celebrations. It is the Breast Cancer Month, which one thing we need to keep in mind is that breast cancer not only affects women, it also affects men. And I've actually experienced that with someone that was close to me that was male who had breast cancer. And then it is also the celebration of Women's Business Month by the National Women's Business Council out of Washington, D.C. So even though it sounds like it's focused around just women, However, there's always the he's for she's that are included in this conversation (laughs) because it affects everybody, you know, whether it's dealing with that or any type, you know, of life challenging, you know, event that may alter your lives. But one of the things we're going to talk about today is not only that, but also about the fact of how we And I say we as CEOs, how we get our life back, how do we create balance? Now, I believe in harmony because you're going to have ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. But how do we go about doing that? And that's something T. Renee is going to share with us as well. And on the other side, you know, there's a lot to celebrate, you know, with breast cancer tomorrow. Keep in mind, I'll repeat it again at the end of the show, but it's actually the um, third Friday of the month of October during breast cancer. It's about mammograms and that for women to definitely go and get your mammograms, you know, because that is key as far as hopefully some preventive or at least giving you a heads up of how to, you know, mitigate and take care of yourself. Because we all want to live longer. You know, I'm planning to live to at least 100 and something. 120, 130. At least. At least. <laughs> I plan on doing that. So now, uh, do you want, who do you want to kick it off with? Well, let's go ahead and start off with T. Renee. Because right. once again, she'll set the foundation for us, right? All right, T. Renee. <laughs> Let us have it. Tell us about uh, your book a little bit and how that came about, your work. So the name of the book is The CEO Life, and it's a holistic blueprint to have success in your family and business. And the way that the book started was I was really just becoming very overwhelmed with growing a successful business, being a great wife and a mom. And my husband and I, we were having a conversation one day, and he just told me that you are burning the candle at both ends. You're doing way too much, and we need to figure this out. And so, of course, like any good so wife. So what did you think about that? Did you go, 
what is he talking about, or were you? Did you feel that as well? Do you want the politically correct answer <laughs> or the real <laughs> feeling? This is the truth. We want the truth. You want the we authentic want the answer. Truth. <laughs> I'm a very driven, strong-willed person, and so I heard him, but I didn't hear him because mm-hmm. I'm ambitious and I wanted to pursue my goals, and I thought that I could uh, have both the way in which I was handling it. And it wasn't until much later when we had a serious conversation, and he said, "How would you feel being uh, successful?" and a single mother. And so that hit me that said that the way in which I'm leading my business could potentially lead to divorce. And Mm -hmm. so then I started researching and looking for books out there that showed you how to do both. I found some great business books that showed you how to grow your business. I found some great books about self-care and personal development, but I didn't see one that combined the two. A lot of the books were written by males who, of course, have a different experience than I do with kids and serving in the role as a wife. And so I started researching and figuring out what that looked like for me and I documented my journey in the book. Now, does the word harmony um, resonate with you more than balance, like Roz mentioned? Mm-hmm. And I talk about it in the book because when you think of balance, you think of um, somebody that's juggling balls. And when your hands start getting tired, those balls are going to start falling. And so I believe that balance is a myth. And I believe with harmony because I think sometimes depending upon the season that you're in, your business is going to get a little bit more than your family. Or if you're um, in a season, let's just say, where your family needs you more, they're going to get more. I I don't think that you can operate at the same level in, of intensity at both business and family at the same time and sustain for a long period of time. Now, how important is to engage all the constituents to get make sure everybody's on the same page? I think it's very important, but I think what happens is most of the time we don't have a vision and we don't have clarity. So a lot of times people may sit down and do a strategic plan for their business or they may uh, develop a career path, but they don't sit down and say, well, what is the vision for my family? What do I want it to look like in two years, three years, five years or a year? And what is it going to take to get me there? So we have in our mind, like I did what I wanted my business to look like, but I never sat down with my husband and said, hey, you're affected. The kids are affected. Let's figure out how we can do this together, not just what I want. So now does that meeting with your family look like a business meeting? Like what does that look what are the kind of the logistics nuts and bolts of that family meeting? So I have changed and and I understand that you have to have a family meeting. My husband and I, we have family meetings every week and I have a family meeting we have a family meeting with the kids once a month. And so we have agenda and we say, let's check in how we're doing with our self care. The kids, the finances, my business, the career, um, and our short-term and long-term goals. And we have our little family meeting uh, journal that we document everything in, and we go back. And if we're getting off track, we're able to see how we got off track. So now, how do you fire a family member? How does that work? Well, first of all, I told him. My, my husband jokes, and he says, I don't feel like training anybody else. So, I mean, we, I mean... <laughs> So nobody's getting fired. <laughs> so it's a different dynamic. My point is it's a different dynamic, the family meeting than the business meeting, right? Well, I think you have to start from the beginning and say, hey, listen, we are on the same page. This is about we, not about I, and that there is no walking away. You're not going to get fired. I'm not right. going to get fired. And you can't quit. <laughs> right. And I can't quit. Even though I do it in my mind and he does it in his mind, we literally cannot right. quit. So you're taking some of the elements of a business meeting, but you have a different frame because the family is forever 
it is forever. But I think you still, you have to have the CEO. And I think what happened was I was trying to be co-CEO with him and that wasn't working. And so now I just say, okay, you're the CEO and I'm the chief operating officer. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know. And that's every family's a negotiation. Right. And everybody, there is no set rule for every family because you have to understand what is best for you. I think a lot of times we try to have a cookie cutter solution and say, you see somebody else and it's working for them. And so you try to implement that in your own family. Well, that person doesn't have the personality or the experiences that you do. So you've got to figure out what is going to work for both of you guys. And you have to negotiate. It has to be a win-win. I think a lot of times in marriage, it is about um, one person winning and the other person losing. And that's how you lose a marriage. It has to be win-win. It is what we want. And I told my husband, I said, you came to the marriage with your vision of what you thought it should look like. I came to the marriage with my vision and my expectations, but I never asked you if this is what you wanted. And you never asked me if this is what I wanted. So, I mean, after 13 years of marriage, we had to sit down and develop what our expectation and vision was together. And that's difficult because he was here, I was here, and we had to figure out what did we, you know, have in common and then grow with that. So one of the things I really like of what you're saying, too, is how you're involving your children mm-hmm. in this and it's helping them to understand how to create strategy for life. Yes. Right. Because those are things that they're going to experience as well, depending upon what stage they're in, uh, where they're negotiating with their friends or creating a strategy for what they want to do mm-hmm. when they leave their parents, because at some point you're going to lay them off. I hope at 18, <laughs> at 18, I'm going to give them the blessing. <laughs> they have the blessing to leave at 18. So, you know, thinking about this, you know, and, and listening to you and you made a very valid point, you know, there's a blueprint, but at the same time, each person is going to have to, chart that blueprint, make Mm -hmm. a few changes to it. So what advice are you giving, you know, in your book, you know, to business owners and, and for the listening audience out there is not just women we're talking about. It's men too, because how do they get involved? How do they also, you know, connect as well or disconnect in order to bring that full self and energy. And one thing I'll say, and I'll talk about it in the book, and um, I have a lot of male business clients. People think I am very proactive, hashtag girl power, but I also work with a lot of men. And one thing that I found is they're having the same issues that women are and finding that harmony is just a little bit different. So a lot of them are very ambitious and they're go-getters and they're missing out on their family life. They're missing the kids' sports events. They are no, no longer having a connection with their wife because they're working so hard. So men deal with the same things that we deal with. It's just a little bit differently. And so one thing I say is, number one, you have to understand what your priorities are in life because everybody has the same amount of time. People say, well, I just don't have the time to do it. And that's really not true. It's just not a priority because you do the things that you want to do. So number one is you have to set your priorities. So mine being very transparent, it used to be, business, then my kids, then business, then business, then my family, then my husband somewhere. And I don't even know if I was on the list. (laughs) And so, I mean, that is a recipe for straight disaster. So I had to reorganize my priorities and say, number one, 
I am a top priority, my spirituality, my mind, my body, and my spirit. And so a lot of people might say, well, that's selfish, you know, for you to put yourself first. But no, that is self-care. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm on the floor laid out somewhere, I'm not able to help anybody. So I have to make sure that I'm taking care, pour into myself, and then help people from a place of overflow. So number one, you have to understand what your priorities are. Then number two, you have to set boundaries and understand that no is a complete sentence. Because when you say <laughs> no to something else, then you're saying yes to yourself. I think oftentimes as women or even men will say yes to things. A lot of times men more so like professional. Yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll coach this team. Yes, I'll do this. And they're doing all these things. Or as women, yes, I'll be the you know chair of the PTA board. Yes, I'll do this. And so when we're saying yes to everything, then that doesn't leave a lot of room for us. So Understand your priorities, set boundaries. Number two, have a a plan of what it is that you want to happen. So you have specific action items. One thing I tell people is that you need to learn the power of three. And the power of three is you select the top three things that you have to do for that day. A lot of people have this two, three page to do list of what they're wanting to get done. And that's unrealistic that is going to happen in this day. So you figure out the top three things and then you can also do it yourself. You can delegate it or you can delete it. Half of the things that's on your list, you shouldn't be doing anyway. And then the other half, you probably need to be delegating it. Like the majority of your time should be spent, if you're a business owner, on revenue generating activities. Mm -hmm. And then finally, you have to have accountability and support team. Somebody that's going to be honest with you and say, no, you said you were going to do this. That's not what you're doing. Let's get back on track. Okay. So that's it in a nutshell. But all of this is in the CEO of Life book, guys. So take your notes. <laughs> so now in business, so your uh, businesses look to scale and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of goals are reasonable for a family? I think it depends on what the expectations are for the family. You may have some families where family is the most important thing for them. Uh, you may have where they want to raise children that are spiritually and financially successful. You may have other families where their goals is that they're their family did not go to college. And so they want to raise kids that are educationally astute to be able to go to college. You may have others that are philanthropic. And so their idea of a family is serving. So I think you have to understand as a family unit, what is it that you want to contribute to society? So I remember um, Stephen Covey, he had in his books, he had like the seven habits for families, highly effective families. And one of the things that he said was he talks about the family meetings, but he says you have to have a family mission. And that family mission, it takes into your values, your experiences and what you want to contribute to society and that guides your life. So I remember our family sat down and did our mission statement and it kind of changes a little bit. But ours is to raise children that are financially, mentally and spiritually um, givers and servers to society. So like as we are raising them and like I think once a week I had a conversation with my son and he was about to lie about something. And I said, <laughs> sweetie, you walk in integrity. You walk in honesty. You are honest. You are a leader. So I'm telling him who he is based on our family mission. And then I said, well, you take a minute and think about what you're saying because you're honest. That is what you are. You're honest. And so then he came back. He was like, okay, well, that's not really what happened. Here's the truth. Because <laughs> people like us do things like this, right? People like us do things like this. So when you're role modeling this kind of behavior, 
and giving a, a child, especially this true north and what right looks like, and they see the family behaving in such a way, then that's a logical progression for them to behave in a certain way, right? Because mm-hmm. people like us do things like that. People like us don't do th- uh, things like this. And don't get me wrong, I have messed up on plenty right. of times. And I've had to go back and I've had to apologize and say, hey, you know, I missed it. And one of the things that I tell my son is that um, you're independent. You know, you don't allow somebody else's opinion to to determine how you think or act. And so he asked me about his something that he had on. And I mean, it was every color on the rainbow, red, green, yellow, polka dot <laughs> stripes, you know. And I said, well, honey, I said, well, what about this and this outfit? He said, so we're supposed to be independent thinkers. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're telling me what I should wear. <laughs> and so it comes back on you. Right. But that, <laughs> look. You but know, actually, you were trying to save him. I was trying to save him, but he didn't want to be saved. <laughs> but that's it. That's a free will, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, part of it is the, your family's brand, right? Your brand of your family. This is how our family is, and this is what represents our family. Just like a business has a brand, your family has a brand. I love that. Let me write that down. Your family that's has it's a brand. A brand. That's I, your I'm going to use that. Yeah, I'm going to use it, but I will give you credit. I will. Give, and I think it's different for my husband and I because. Um, he was raised by a single mother. I was raised by a very traditional family that tried to shelter me. So it wasn't like you be seen. And you know how girls sometimes when you grow up, it says be seen and not be heard. We weren't taught decision making. We weren't taught like we we were taught you make very good grades. You're a leader. So I was taught certain things. But the whole decision making process and I have a voice and I can be authentic. I was not taught that. So I have had to learn. So I am learning as I am teaching my children and what I don't want to do is to live vicariously through them or put expectations on them I remember I was at a conference and it was a mother daughter then the mother was working so hard she said I'm building this business because I want it to be a legacy to my daughter and the daughter said I don't want the business and my mother keeps trying to push it on me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I said when you're kind of developing your family um, roadmap or your family brand, everybody has a voice, everybody has an opinion, and you have to develop it based on the whole family, not just what one person wants. Well, Roz, let's bring Wanda in. Yes. Get her take on this exciting <laughs> work that we're sharing. Exactly. And so Wanda, you know, listening to this, you know, part of that are the stressors that happen, you know, in life and the things that affect us physically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, as well. And as we are talking about how T. Renee, which I have to say is fabulous. And I hope the listeners are really, you know, writing this down, talking about mission statement for your family, having those monthly meetings, because I think that is so key and important. But let's talk about also What's happening, especially as we celebrate this month, breast cancer, as we celebrate. And I'm saying breast cancer and we're utilizing this, you know, for the month of October. But just overall, looking at the health, you know, of us, not only from a business standpoint, but physically, how do we take care of ourselves? But there's that other component of it, that financial component, which to me causes even a bigger stressor. Absolutely. Right. You know, on people that kind of leads to some of the physicalities mm-hmm. um, and challenges that we have. So I know you're here representing AFLAC. So kind of give me a, a day in the life of Wanda Magwood Ware and the AFLAC initiative. 
Okay. Wow. A day in the life of. Well, I grew up here in Aflac. This is my first time working in insurance. And so I have grown in my role currently. Again, I'm a regional coordinator. So what my responsibilities are, are to recruit, train, and lead a team of benefit advisors. Their job basically is to sell Aflac. So I lead a team of benefit advisors along with their district coordinators. And then what our challenge is and what we're posed with is getting people to understand why they need Aflac. Because people understand why they need health insurance, right? But then there's this little duck running around and they're like, but why do we need that? And so we're charged with educating not only the, the people generally, but we partner business to business, right? So we're very much charged with educating business owners. And then when we're given the opportunity also to educating their employees. And I will tell you one thing that T. Renee said, and I absolutely agree, is that as women, especially, we do. We put ourselves at the bottom of the list when it comes to things. She and I were talking earlier, and Roz had mentioned that, uh, it, uh, the annual mammogram day is coming up tomorrow. And I said, oh, my gosh, I meant to schedule mine and didn't. Because, again, always right. self last. Right. But my husband has gone and done what he needed to do. Not a mammogram, but you get my point. right? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, we have got to stop doing that. But with Aflac, again, our thing is about educating people about what it is that we do. Well, and and we all know, you know, healthcare insurance, that's one of the number one talking points, mm-hmm. you know, for employees, um, just for our general public, right, of talking about access to healthcare, mm-hmm. being able, you know, to do this. Some families even worry about it. They don't even let their children participate in events simply because they don't have, you know, good health insurance. Well, Yes, you have to have that primary insurance in order to be able to take advantage of all the products that Aflac offers. But let's talk about that for a minute, because the one thing I don't think people understand is that after you have settled on that premium that you're going to pay on that primary insurance, you still have some out-of-pocket costs. And that literally means just what it says, out-of-pocket costs for you. So how is it that Aflac can kind of bridge that gap on this and it's not hitting you all at once? Because when the accident occurs or you, you're, you know, having to go to the hospital, you're dealing with that life altering event that's taking place. The last thing you want to worry about is to financially be able to take care of it. Absolutely. And again, Roz, people know how health insurance works. They know they enroll. They'll get an insurance card. They get sick. They get hurt ladies maternity, they're going to go to the doctor, right? They're going to present that card. And then that card is basically letting the hospitals know that there's an insurance company out there that you provide the service, and then they're going to send you some of the funds. Again, there's a lot of -of out-of-pocket expenses, though, associated with that. And people don't think about that from the co-pays to the deductibles. Well, when people enroll with Aflac, first thing first, there is no insurance card. Because we don't pay the doctors in the hospitals. We literally send the money to our policyholders. I know it's like, what is this all about? But that's why you'll see the duck in the commercials running around with money 
in his beaker bill, whichever one it is he has in his <laughs> mouth. And he's giving out money writing checks because, again, Aflac literally pays the policyholder. Now, one thing that has changed over the years, and I'm glad you kind of sort of mentioned this, is that you actually don't in the state of Georgia, you don't have to have health insurance in order to participate and enroll with Aflac. Wow. Yeah. That is fantastic news. Yeah, you don't. But again, because we do so much business to business and we make Aflac available through the businesses the majority of the time, we can still even do that on an individual basis. But when we go through the company, we are helping business owners, small, medium, large. We're able to help them because making Aflac available to the employees costs the company absolutely nothing. So since our, and I know Aflac is it just sold here in the U.S., you know, because we do have probably a global audience that listens in on this. And also, I know you mentioned Georgia, but are there other states that may also adopt the same policy where you don't have to have the primary insurance in order to be able to participate? Unfortunately, I can't really speak to that, but I do know that the majority of the states, you don't have to have health insurance in order to participate. There are only a few where you do have to have. And outside of the United States, Japan is actually where we do even more of AFLAC than in the United States. But I can only talk United States right here today. Now, you you blew by this, and I want to make sure that our listeners heard this. Right. The business owner doesn't pay for this I know. benefit. I know. You right? said that just in passing. So <laughs> how I, how does that work? Like then shouldn't every business offer this? Uh, yeah, yeah, they should. <laughs> and that's why my job is to recruit people to go out and educate business owners about that. But I didn't mean to blow by it because that is huge, especially right. when we're yes. talking right. small. Because there are so and- many business owners that listen to this. Now, a business owner... Mm-hmm does not pay for this business, this benefit. They don't have to. Now, with that being some, said, I guess could, yeah, right? some can, some do, right. some don't. And the thing is, is again, unlike health insurance, where if a company decides to make health insurance available to their employees as a group, they are mandated right. to pay a percentage. Sure. Again, with Aflac, they don't have to pay anything. And by them making it available to their employees, they actually get more of our products and they get a discounted rate. So now how does this work? Say there's a company, does it any size company? Like what is the size that it's best suited for? Best suited? Well, as long as long as they have at least three individuals. And I do want to say this as well, because so many things are changing with the business landscape. Everyone doesn't have W-2 employees. Right. Aflac, we can even make Aflac available to independent contractors. Really? Yes. Wow. That's news Roz some is of giving us. me a look. <laughs> I'm Roz so excited. <laughs> well, I'm so excited because of the fact the more that we can provide this product mm-hmm. or service for the healthier, right. you know, everybody our, benefits. Yes, everybody benefits from it. So Absolutely. now, walk me through. You're a business owner. You maybe have some 1099 employees, mm-hmm. some W2 employees, and you don't offer this yet. Walk me through what is how it works and and uh, how do I get some? So typically, mm-hmm. what will happen is that they're going to meet with the benefits advisor. And when I say they, the business owner, and typically that's who we do want to meet with the business owner, the C-level executive, the president, vice president. We want to be able to talk to those people who really are experiencing the pain points within the business. Mm -hmm. And there are just some pain points that we know businesses are going through. 
attracting and retaining employees, right? right? Presenteeism, which is a term I learned a few years ago. And I'm like, okay, I'm familiar with absenteeism. What the heck is presenteeism? But presenteeism is where you have employees who are physically present at work, but mentally they're not because they have things going on outside, Mm -hmm. whether it's someone's dealing with a health challenge or whatever it is, Right. right? So they're there, but they're really not there. So again, we like to meet with the decision maker. Sometimes we'll get moved over and told we need to meet with HR, but we'll do that. Then we go over again the plans with them and how we can benefit them, how we can be of benefit to a business by helping them if they do have W-2 employees with some tax savings through the Cafeteria 125 plan, which we make available at no cost to them. Okay. Um, We then like to get a day when we can come in and educate the employees. And that is really key, again, because people know they need health insurance. They don't understand why they need half does, does this happen, like uh, you mentioned, the enrollment that mm-hmm. happens towards the end of the year usually? Is no. that part of that, or this can happen at any time? Anytime. Businesses wow. start and all of that right. any so that, time of the year. Because it isn't through the health insurance necessarily. Exactly. Then it, it doesn't have to be kind of tied to that enrollment window. Exactly. And for businesses that do have health insurance, sometimes we'll even do what we call an off-cycle enrollment because their plan year may not be until April. Well, they've heard about this. They want to make it available to their employees. And why would we wait all that time? That's a lot of time for a lot of things to happen. So we can go ahead and get that implemented. But again, once we meet with the business owner, we educate the employees. I know in sales, people think, okay, you've talked to me. Now you want to make the sale. That's not how we do. 13 years in a row, Aflac has been named one of the world's most ethical companies. And I take that to heart in the world and other insurance companies have been on the list, but we're the only one on the list for all 13 years. So we don't even want people to make that decision that day that we educate them. We want to give them 24, 48 hours to go home. Think about it. Talk about it with their significant other. Uh, Do research, call your financial advisor, but determine what makes best sense for you and your family. And then we get them enrolled. One and thing I was going to say is, Wanda, can you just explain to the listeners that don't understand mm-hmm. the different types of services and products that AFLAC offers? Absolutely. So, oh, there are so many, but let me just tell you about the top four. Mm-hmm. Okay. So our accident plan, because people can visualize and conceptualize that anyone can get hurt. And remember, our plans pay our policyholders. Our cancer plan, which again is why I'm here today, our cancer plan actually affords people a benefit when they go and get their annual cancer screening. And I tell people, I think, I think really I like did this for men mm-hmm. because, you know, you all don't want to go and get your annual cancer screening. But this is prompting you because you get a, a financial reward, right. we'll say, for going and doing that. And then, unfortunately, people get diagnosed with cancer. And if there is a diagnosis of an internal cancer, there's yet again another benefit. Roz talked about out-of-pocket cost. If you can imagine someone getting diagnosed with a form of cancer where their doctor says the best care is at MD Anderson, well, that's all the way in Texas, right? Regardless of what health insurance you have, they are not going to give you any type of a reimbursement for your travel to and from. And the health insurance says that this is not medically covered 
but it's medically necessary. It is. My doctor said so. Well, or Aflac it's out per- of network. Exactly. That right. could be the case as well. And so for Aflac, there are no networks because remember, we're not paying providers. We're paying our policyholders. But Aflac has a benefit for that as well. We also have short-term disability. And short-term disability is something that's only made available through our business partners. So again, only for employers. So not something that someone could just walk up to me on the street and say they want. And then everybody needs life insurance, right? Everybody. So with the um, business insurance for the short-term disability, do they still have to have the three employees? Yes, always minimum of three. And it doesn't mean that all three employees have to enroll in the same plan. They don't. One person might want accident, one person cancer, one person the disability. But we go as low as three. And talking about those employers, you know, we talk about on the employer side, right, and the advantage that they're offering a benefit that they're not having to pay. Mm -hmm. Um, However, they do um, offer the employee a payroll deduct. So there's additional savings there because it is pre-tax, is it not? Absolutely. Right, when they do that. And I think that's the advantage. But what's the other advantage for the employee? This insurance, unlike primary, if I get primary insurance through my employer, I cannot take it with me. Oh, yes. Roz knows all about (laughs) this. So and that is an amazing fact with Aflac. You can absolutely take it with you and the rate does not change. Now, where does that happen? Right. So what do you mean the rate doesn't change? So there it's going to still cost the same. So if I have a business where they're drafting it out of the employee's paycheck weekly, If that employee leaves that uh, company, they get to keep it, but they would not pay AFLAC weekly. That would drive AFLAC insane. So instead, they would just pay monthly. So taking whatever that dollar amount is, multiplying it by 52, dividing it by 12, now we've got the monthly cost. So again, the rate does not change. So I'm going to, as an employee, take advantage of the fact that my employer is offering this. Mm -hmm. You're then saying, if for some reason that I leave that particular employer, I am taking this and my cost is still lower regardless of the fact that I no longer work for that employee. Absolutely. And remember, I told you the short-term disability, people can only get that through their employer. But even for that, when they leave, for whatever reasons, they get to take that with them. Even if they're unemployed? They own it. You don't rent Aflac, you own it. It is (laughs) yours. That's a great tagline. <laughs> well, that's and maybe they'll. But get that's that. why it's important when, uh, because in today's world where people are kind of jumping from job to job and mm-hmm. jumping from job to a W two to a ten ninety nine, mm-hmm. if you have an opportunity to get it, you're. It's highly recommended to you take advantage of should. that. Right, you when, should get it and keep it because right. even as we get older, one time I called my healthcare provider because I saw that my premium had gone up from one year. And they literally told me, well, yeah, you're a year older. I'm like, that's the goal. I'm trying to hit triple digits like Ron's here. Uh, yeah. So, so it you're being went penalized up. for exactly. being alive. Yeah. And I'm like, but there was nothing else. Well, with Aflac, again, once you enroll, your rate doesn't change. So the younger you are, the better you are because you're getting it at the lowest rate possible. So depending upon your entry age level, mm-hmm. you're saying, that if I enter at age 25, whatever that price is, even if I'm 55 or 65, I'm only going to be paying the rate at 
25. That's the way it's working currently. Now, we know in business things right, can things. change. But I've been here 11 years, and when I first started, I did enroll myself in a cancer plan. So I have the older version, but it's the one I like. So I haven't changed, and my rate is the exact same, and obviously I am 11 years older. <laughs> so what are, you know, we talked about, you know, the advantages of this. Are there any risks to the employer at all with, with the AFLAC really? plan? There's not, it, there's not a risk, but I will tell you one of the things that business owners tend to think is that their employees can't afford it. And I will tell you sometimes before I approach a business owner, I'm sitting outside just watching the business from the outside and I'll see people outside smoking or coming in with Starbucks. And I'm like, would you ever say to them that they can't afford, afford that? Starbucks, right? Right. <laughs> you would never say that. So they're making kind of that judgment for the employee without giving them kind Absolutely. of let them decide how they want to spend their. Absolutely. And again, right. it's not costing you anything. But yes, we do ask for time with the employees, right. but. Yeah. So no, there's really not a risk. There's absolute benefit because we also know this, that employees will actually take a job making less if they have better benefits. And again, for a lot of small businesses, they can't afford to take on health insurance and pay that out of pocket costs that they're mandated to do. Well, with AFLAC, you've got a starting point for benefits, and you can definitely differentiate yourself between some other small businesses that do what you do and make nothing available, right? Now, having been with AFLAC for 11 years now, Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any kind of stories you can share that you've seen it make a difference in someone's life? I mean, obviously don't name their names, unless it's Roz. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would let Roz speak to that, actually. I can't, but I will tell you that since 1995, AFLAC has paid out over $136 million um, for cancer claims alone. Just on that, wow. Yeah, and uh, there, there's a lot, but I can't speak. I, I won't even speak to myself, and I do. I have every, like literally every AFLAC plan available, so I really can't speak to that, but people can go to our Facebook page, and oh, what is it? It's Facebook... Oh, I'll have to get it for you in just a minute. But they can go to our Facebook page and literally see where some of our policyholders have shared testimonials about how amazing AFLAC is for them. But I will tell you, as a benefits advisor myself, the best thing is when an employee or a policyholder hugs your neck because you made such a huge difference in their lives. Such a huge difference. They can pay their rent, their mortgage. They can put food on their table all because of the money that's come from Aflac when they suffered, you know, that health event. And Aflac's one of those companies that serving the community is an important, like that's part of the DNA. Absolutely. So, and I know I'm going to say this because I really don't feel that Aflac toots its own horn enough. We do so much when it comes to cancer and children and helping to fight it. Everyone knows Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, CHOA. Most people, when I talk to them, they have no idea that inside of Eggleston's and Scottish Rite, Hugh Spaulding's, that there's actually an AFLAC Cancer Center for Children. So corporately, they're doing that. Our CEO has said that his goal, Dan Amos, is to eradicate childhood cancer in his lifetime, and they're working diligently to do that. Now, as part of what we call the field force, I myself and some of my uh, co-partners 
we give over $6 million a year directly out of our monthly, we'll call it a paycheck. We actually give that. Now, locally, my team and I, on an annual basis, we do participate with WSB's Carathon, where we go in and we'll just take caller, calls from callers who are donating to the Children's uh, Cancer Center. And we partner with VRS, which is Vision Rehab Services. If you've ever seen the owl there, Seymour is their mascot. And then definitely that's probably one of us in there. And oh, thank you so much. Stone just gave me it's facebook.com forward slash Aflac. So again, if you're interested in any of our policyholder stories, facebook.com forward slash Aflac, and you can definitely read some of their testimonials there. Well, you know, we're focusing on breast cancer um, this month too, and you kind of um, mentioned it about the travel and the other um, amenities that are a part of mm-hmm. that. And I think these need to be brought to the attention to the listening audience because that's something they don't do is include all that total cost you know, of, of being able to manage, you know, something as um, catastrophic as that mm-hmm. and the impact that it has. So when you say that AFLAC helps with travel, what do you mean by that? They actually reimburse and there's a different dollar amount depending upon which plan you have with some of our newer cancer plans. So people might have to travel, like I said, going to MD Anderson or UCLA, wherever. And again, health insurance is not going to pay towards that, not one penny, right? So AFLAC does do that. And that is huge. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention this with our cancer plan. It's the only plan where we actually cover dependent children at no additional cost, because again, that truly is our cause to eradicate childhood cancer. So is that one of the only plans that covers um, children as well? Because is it up to age 23? It's up to age 26. And all of our oh, 26. Plans, yes, wow. ma'am. All of our plans, excluding short term disability, because short term disability is all about your paycheck at your employer. But the other plans, you can cover your children. It's just that the cancer plan is the only one where when the parent enrolls, we cover the dependent children at no additional cost. That's awesome. That mm-hmm. is awesome. Now, you mentioned the traveling aspect of, um, going through cancer how does that work with like the caregivers is that is there policies for, for that help the caregiver as well or is it exclusively on the patient normally it's exclusively on the patient but since we're talking about the cancer plan and our latest cancer plan actually will even cover because we know if i were diagnosed with an internal cancer and i had to go away I'm out of my element now, right? I need some emotional support. So AFLAC will also reimburse for one person to go with you. Now, if it's a dependent child, and again, this is our current cancer plan. Mm-hmm. If it's a dependent child, I think they're in the best place they can be because we have the mm-hmm. AFLAC Cancer Center here. But still, if the doctor says they need to go elsewhere, then AFLAC will reimburse for that child and to adults to travel as well. So you really, you know, when you look at it, AFLAC is really looking at the entire family and the support system for the entire family. 
Absolutely. And when you think again, the money that Aflac sends, and we, we really don't want our policyholders to call us. And it's crazy. I'll be driving down the road and I will get a policyholder to call me. And they'll say, Wanda, you know, my son broke his arm. And I'm like, well, great. Because, wait, oh, how's your son doing? <laughs> your son's good. Okay, great. I know you have that accident plan. Right. Let me, help. it's such a double edged sword, but right. literally I'm like, great. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And I have to circle back around, but the money's come to them. So they get to use it however they want, right, to include, well, mom had to come here, you know, and stay with the son while I continued to work. Okay, compensate mom some, you know, that way. But it's their money. They get to use it how they want. See, I see that as a supply chain to happiness. Yes, I right? love that. Absolutely. Supply You're going to write that down? Ross is on a roll this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Take it on a, I just need credit for all these sayings, right? But you know, when you think about it and it's just circling around, right? So you're looking at a product and service that can help employees. Mm-hmm. Right. And employers, because we go back to that CEO, right, of having to take care of him or her mm-hmm. um, in their ability to be able to show up their best self, Absolutely. you know, and looking at this. So this is another way of just engaging opportunities for your employees, providing them a benefit that you as an employer don't have to pay for. Mm-hmm. You know, if there is some risk, I would say possibly. In the payroll deduct, if you're payroll deducting, of course, if that em- employee leaves. But to me, offering that benefit far outweighs that and knowing that that's one way you may be keeping your employees. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And to that risk, though, Roz, I would say this. If a business owner is mandated by court to take some monies out of an employee's paycheck, they're going to do what they have to do to implement that. It's the same thing because once you set it up with AFLAC, it's just like health insurance. It's there until an employee does leave. So that's just a few strokes of a key. And even when it comes to that, we have technology. We have enrollment platforms that we make available to our business partners where they can not only have a platform for AFLAC and some of the administrative things that they need to do, but also for their health care if they make health care available. I do have one quick question. So for those small businesses that may have one employee or two employees and don't have three, are there individual plans? Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about it? So most of them are going to be pretty much the same, some different nuances. But again, they won't be getting the payroll discount. And again, they cannot have the short-term disability. And there are a couple other plans that we make available to businesses only that they wouldn't have access to, but they work exactly the same way. They, again, would get paid the cash to use however they see fit. So they could do the accident and they can do the cancer. They can do those two. And life insurance, and of life course. And life insurance. Of okay. course, yes. And hospitalization. No, they nope. can't do the hospital. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one's reserved for our business partners. Now, Wanda, why is it important for Aflac to be kind of affiliated and sponsor some of the GWBC? Like, why? what's the kind of the tie in there? So, and again, that would be something that Mr. Haley would more speak to, but for myself, because I have had the opportunity to be with Roz, and of course, as a woman-owned business myself, I think that it's really important because of the work that they do, especially with helping with the whole, um, 
you know, certifying the women-owned businesses so that that way we can kind of sort of level the playing field. And I know I'm talking to some guys here, but we need to kind of sort of do it. So it's very, very important because AFLAC, again, is all about, you know, just being a part of the community. And if you look, and I hope it's okay that I speak to this, our president of sales is a woman, Miss Teresa Wright. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but they're definitely at the forefront of it, I think. And that's why our partnership is so important. Now, is Affleck, um, do you find that women-owned businesses are, are more open to Affleck? Or yeah. is there any uh, information that you have about women-owned businesses? I will say that for me, as a woman going in. Right, I'm just trying right? to get, like, how... Um, <laughs> How you see them and are they more kind of empathetic from the standpoint of serving their employees? You have to think it's a woman. So women are nurturers, right? So, of course, when we come in and we talk about all the good that we can do for their business and for their employees, of course, they embrace us. Mm -hmm. Not to say that men don't. But again, it's just women innately. They're nurturers and they want to make it available. So if you think about that. You know, and getting back, Lee, to your question about AFLAC and their engagement and involvement in the um, Greater Women's Business Council, they have been involved for years and they have stepped forward um, regarding being supportive on committees or on our board, you know, our board of directors. So they truly walk the talk. And that is something that is so in key and important for corporations to do is to how they show up. More importantly, who else do they engage in their organization, right? Just besides that one point person. And I think that's the value that um, AFLAC brings. You know, Wanda, you know, gently mentioned, and it's Bill Haley, mm-hmm. um, who I'm going to give that shout out to, um, who's literally been on our certification committee. As a matter of fact, he heads our certification committee. And that is a key responsibility. He does the site visits as well reviews the files, and that is a commitment to saying how we identify who these women businesses are to be a part of our organization. But then again, circling back to more or less what that product or service is that is available, we look to all of our corporations, you know, to identify how they can become more engaged. And for our women businesses, because I always say, invest in those who invest in you, right? looking at those products or services of those companies who are investing in the growth of women businesses. And I'm going to say diverse businesses as a whole, that they take that particular process, not program, but process of engaging diverse suppliers within their network of suppliers to to provide great products or services. And I have to say our diverse suppliers are one of the best. <laughs> and as a side note, another thing that Affleck is doing, they're a part of GWBC's mentoring program. Mm-hmm. And my mentor is Bill's colleague, Sally Wilson with Affleck. Oh, Sally's awesome. Yes, yes. Shout out, Sally. <laughs> and, and it's important to um, remember that, and especially T. Renee, you can speak to this about creating this harmony and balance in life and having the right tools. Tools, there's a lot of resources available for people that are just around the corner and a lot of them don't cost any money mm-hmm. and they're just there and that people aren't taking advantage. And it's important for people to be aware that they there are places to go for help 
and to ask for help, right? That's part of it too. When you want to grow, sometimes you have to ask for help. And that's why I was asking the questions that I was asking of Wanda, because most times small businesses, they're so focused on growing their business, getting new sales, meeting new clients that they're not focused on. <clears throat> excuse me, the infrastructure, the operations mm-hmm. and strat- long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. So for you to come to the show, to break it down, to make it very real and very tangible for them is awesome because a lot of people I think are getting overwhelmed with healthcare costs. And mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. are trying to do the basics or the a good, do the baseline, but the way that you present it, it's a very holistic approach. And it's saying you invest in your employees, Absolutely. then they're going to invest in you. So this is not a, something that's optional. This is something that's going to be required if you want to compete at a higher level and attract and keep the right talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better. And it's just getting to those right people because I know when my team walks in the door of any business that that business owner is grabbing their pockets or their purse saying, oh, no, don't try to take money out. But again, it's about us having the opportunity to educate them because, again, they don't know. And our commercials don't really say Mr. Business Owner, Ms. Business Owner. You can do this at no cost. And the way that, first of all, thank you for explaining the duck walking around with the money. Like I had no idea what that meant. So you brought clarity. But I think the way you position it is that that this is an investment in your health. This is an investment in the health of your employees, not an expense. You're going to get it back because I wrote down the presenteeism. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was phenomenal. So I think it's just like you said, educating it and providing a different perspective. Absolutely. And then Roz, this is one of the kind of benefits of being affiliated with GWBC is that you can help connect them with the resources that that woman-owned business needs to grow their business. Absolutely. You know, this is why we encourage you to get involved with the Greater Women's Business Council or, you know, for the listening audience, any of the regional councils that are out there to please, you know, get involved with them. You know, if you want to grow up, you need to show up. And that is more important than anything Man. else. I'm She's on a roll. She's on a roll today. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but it's true. You know, you can think about it. You can sit on the sidelines. You know, I, like I said, I he knows. You know, Lee knows. I always do a parting thought, which is a little bit different than what I'm getting <laughs> ready to say right now. But you know, you can either watch a train go by 60 miles an hour, or you can be on a train going 60 miles right. an hour. I prefer to be on that train. Mm-hmm. I prefer for my women businesses to be on that train. I prefer for our corporations to be on that train because you want to constantly be moving in the right direction for growth. And more importantly, once again, visit websites. Visit websites. You heard about Aflac today. Yes, there may be other companies out there. However, nobody has the duck. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I have to say they have some of the best commercials, Mm -hmm. but more importantly, behind those commercials are the best products. And listening today, we're hoping that if you are on the fence, you know, about offering this to your employees, that this would be a decision for you now, that you can now make that decision, you know, regarding um, offering this. You know, and again, it's, it helps attract talent, just like T. Renee says. It's one of those benefits that you're offering that you're really not paying for. Right, how about some website, uh, Aflac's website? So Aflac's website is just aflac.com. That's A-F-L-A-C. 
com, and they can go there for general information. Mm-hmm. But if they want a little more specific information, they can absolutely call me, Wanda, at my office. And my office number is 678-567-4276. Again, 678-567-4276. And I would give my email, but it's super long. So let me just give my cell phone number <laughs> as well. My cell phone is 678 678- Four seven eight seven one eight eight. Again, can call me directly at six seven eight four seven eight seven one eight eight. And let me just say this: this is whether you live in the uh, Georgia area or not, because even if not, I can definitely put you in touch with someone in your local market. And then T. Renee, the website to get the book and to learn more about your consultancy. So the book is The CEO Life, which is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and where books are sold. Again, that's The CEO Life. And my website address is www.theceo.life. That's www.theceo.life. And they can find more information about the book and all your books and your practice. Yes, they can find more information about the book, the consulting and coaching. And one thing that I want to say to businesses is that you cannot grow an empire and build a legacy by yourself. And you only know what you know. And oftentimes you don't know what you don't know. So whether it's getting the CEO life book or getting other business resource materials, make sure that you um, don't have people to join you on this path because growing a successful business is not for the faint at heart. It requires a team. That's right. It does. Absolutely. See, another saying. Man, <laughs> big day for saying. I'm telling you. Good day for quotes, right? <laughs> and you're going to close with your parting quote. Exactly. But I always want to thank Lee and Stone for this hour of inspirational and hopefully um, informational nuggets, you know, to grow your business that you, are con- you know, are Constantly, you know, when you're tuning into us or listening to some of the things that are going to help you grow your business. And because it is Breast Cancer um, Month, I found this to be so inspirational, actually to use beyond. And that is each day comes bearing gifts. Untie the ribbons. And that is by Ruth Ann Schubacher. And I thought it was great. So thank you all. We hope you all have a fabulous day. And enjoy a prosperous and successful week. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Roz Lewis. We will see you all next time on GWBC Radio.